The Cincinnati Bengals have officially been eliminated from the playoffs, so we're going to examine how we got here, what big decisions are coming, and why Bengals fans should have hope for the future today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Joe, happy Wednesday to you. I have a question for you. Yeesh. Did you watch Hard Knocks last night? No, you thought yeah, I was they, going to. Did you think this was be the one? No, you didn't, I didn't watch it either. <laughs> So there's your payoff there. Is oh, the man. On a weekly basis. I ain't oh, watching that this week. Heck no. Maybe next week. I don't know. We'll Maybe see. next week. Who knows? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> I bet you we both don't watch it next week. One of us is not watching it next week. I'm sure I that. I guarantee one of us, but maybe both too. Uh, but we're not here to talk about hard knocks. Uh, we're here to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals are entering week 18. Kind of up and down season, right? We, we start 0-2. We climb out of the hole. We get to five and three. Then we lose Joe Burrow. Then we climb back to eight and six. Then we get spanked by Pittsburgh and lose to Kansas City with a tough game on the road. Eliminated from the playoffs, obviously. They'll fight on, my men, because they're hurt, but they are not slain. They'll lay mm-hmm. themselves right. down and bleed a while, but rise and fight again. But that's segment three when it's time to talk about why you should be optimistic as a Bengals fan moving forward. We now have to focus on 2023. Why this roller coaster happened, and what the Bengals have to do this offseason to get themselves back into the thick of it. And it extends beyond just uh, getting healthy with the man behind center. Well, a, a disappointing season for the Cincinnati Bengals. We weren't supposed to be here. We weren't supposed to be doing a uh, debrief, uh, whatever you want to call it, a funeral for the Bengals. This is a team that the last two years won the AFC, and then last year were in the AFC championship game. And it comes down to Joe Burrow starting this season with that calf injury that, you know, he wasn't right for a while. And then it felt like the Bengals hit their stride. There was two different moments this season where you kind of felt they figured it out. They had that four-game win streak starting in week five where they beat the Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers, and Bills. Joe Burrow's playing great. You're like, okay, the Bengals are back. Yeah. Then the wheels fall off. Burrow gets hurt again. And then you get Jake Browning in the lineup, and you win three in a row. Jaguars, Colts, and Vikings, and here you are, you dropped your last two. So it's been, like you said, I think roller coaster is such a cliche thing to say, but the the ride is, okay, we're a legit AFC powerhouse. Crap, Joe Burrow's hurt again to start the season. Okay, he figures it out. Crap, he's hurt again. Jack Browning, thanks for everything. Wow, are you just as good as Joe Burrow? Oh, maybe? No, you're not, right? Like, that's kind of the the absolute roller coaster that went through uh, this season. And so I think at a high level, that's kind of what it is. But Kyle, I, I think they made three catastrophic mistakes this offseason. I, I think you talk about how we got here. They made three yeah. calculated choice. One of them was saying goodbye to their safeties, Von Bell and uh, Jesse Bates. 
and they replaced them with Dax Hill, who they drafted, and, of course, uh, signing Nick Scott, who has since been benched in, in Jordan Battles here. Folks, the, the Bengals are giving up the most yards per pass play in the, in the NFL this year. Okay, it didn't work out. That was a, a miscalculation. The second miscalculation was at left tackle. Uh, they moved Jonah Williams to right tackle. hasn't worked out, and they bring in a very expensive left tackle in Orlando Brown, who's probably not an upgrade to Jonah Williams at left tackle. You're just paying a bunch of money for him. And then thirdly, at tight end, Hayden Hurst, who was very productive for you. You let him walk, and you have this trio of Irv Smith, Tanner Hudson, and Drew Sample. And I know that Tanner Hudson's kind of turned it on lately, but I don't think that you look at those three players and say that that has replaced Hayden Hurst. And so for a team and a championship window, I, I, I think you had a, a, several miscalculations in the offseason on top of the inevitable adversity that struck during the season that put you on this roller coaster. Oh, hold on. You went through a lot of stuff, and it's all applicable. But I'm very surprised you did not mention the run defense as well, which is yielding 4.7 4. Yeah. yards per play on the ground, yeah. which is next to dead last in the league. And so you want to talk about how they, they face 432 rushes uh, for 2,000 yards and teams face less rush attempts, so it inflates the amount of total yardage they give up. Okay, I'm not going to talk about how they're 31st in total defense from a yards perspective. But it's the efficiency. You mentioned yards per pass, 7.2 net yards per attempt is dead last in the league. Yep. And from a yards per carry perspective, they're 31st. Th- that, y'all brought back the linebackers. Yeah. Eight. Got them on deals too, like discounts in my opinion. And th- the front has everybody back. So what happened? You, I, I, I think the story of this season for Cincinnati, look, they've only turned the ball over 15 times. They're plus nine in turnover differential. And yet we're eight and eight because defensively we give up a ton of yards. We give up a fair amount of points. It's not as bad as the yardage is. They're 21st in scoring defense. But um, they just, on on all fronts defensively, have failed to deliver, I think, what the expectation should have been based off of who they were able to bring back. Are the two safeties that big of a meaningful impact on the entire defense? I'd be surprised if that were the case. Well, I, I think it is part of it, right? But then you have this Chidobia Wuzier return from injuries, platooning with DJ Turner. Cam Taylor Britt is, you know, your full time starter. He had an injury that he dealt with as well. Um, and so I think that's a contributing factor. I don't think Hubbard was quite what they were hoping this year. Reader battled injuries. Um, Hendrickson was unbelievable. So that's a that's a good thing. Right. But yeah, man, and like defense. If you if you add up all the individual parts you would have right. expected a better total defensive performance in all phases. Yeah, then then worst in terms of yards per pass and second worst in yards per run. Yeah, I'd expect right. a whole lot more from this Bengals team. And we could have been here a few weeks ago too. I mean, you, you we talked about the Jake Browning initial influx after the, the Baltimore game. Um, and then they lose to Pittsburgh. And then they beat Jacksonville, Indy, Minnesota to run off three in a row. Two of those were overtime victories. And Jacksonville was a holding penalty away from being in position to win that football game in overtime. And it was a, a questionable holding. Out. And then you needed T. Higgins' heroics against Minnesota at the end of the game to take you to overtime in the first place. So they got a couple fortuitous bounces in this Jake Browning stretch to get you here in the first place. 
So um, uh, I think the process versus results element of Browning, I think it's certainly evened out quite a bit. I think Jake Browning has, has certainly changed the way that you and I are going to uh, discuss and evaluate backup quarterbacks in general because he's outperformed our expectations regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you lose your top three salary quarterback for half the season, your defense underwhelms in every front possible in spite of some good performances. And uh, y- you make great points with the offensive line. Uh, and I don't know that that was necessarily a surprise to anybody based off the the appetite of Jonah Williams and, and his appetite to play right tackle and uh, the Lyle Collins contract that they got out of. Are we, did they just shuffle players just for the sake of shuffling players? And I know Lyle Collins got hurt, so they needed to make some changes there. Mm-hmm. But it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, especially when you're average on the interior with Karis Kappa and, and Volson, who's been okay, right, uh, through two yeah. seasons. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't really help. But I, I, we also got to talk about Joe Burrow a little bit more in terms of – and I'm not sure. I think some of it's just bad luck, right? But, dude, he's had injuries. An ACL tear into the the appendicitis thing, into the calf, into the wrist, right? Like, it's been a stretch here. He's missing missing a fair amount of time. And he's awesome. Like I, Joe Burrow's an incredible quarterback that I'm a big fan of. But you can't help to look at the sample size of his career and, and say, you know what? There's been some durability issues. So I'm, and I'm just going to piggyback off of that with just one talking point. There is a quarterback in the class of 2020 that often has the durability conversation that's tagged to them. And he's the one in Miami. Tagged, huh? No, because he's got the fifth year options. There's no franchise. No, but tag, tag, Tonga Vailoa. Come on, you got to see the tag. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah, it. I got yeah. Sunday night, he will start his 53rd career game in four seasons, or he will play in his 53rd career game in four seasons and take his 51st start. Joe Burrow, after four seasons, will have played in 52 games. Hmm. All right, that number speaks for itself. Uh, Kyle, very excited to talk about these off-season decisions with you here in the next segment because the Bengals do it a little bit different than everyone else. That was one of my big right. takeaways in studying their opportunities this off-season. So stick with us, but folks, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Well, game time is here for you, and it is the fast and easy way to buy all the tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They specialize in last-minute deals. I love that about it. You don't have to plan months in advance to go to an event. You can hop on there. The day of the event and see if there's a great deal for you on tickets. They give you all-in prices, views from your seat, and a best price guarantee. The app is awesome, easy to navigate. I love the flash deals. Sometimes I log in and just see what type of flash deals are offered to me. And I also love that they send the tickets right to your phone. So you don't have to dig through emails to find the tickets. They go right to your phone. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I will leave the floor with you. Um, <laughs> as you very clearly have something you want to present as far as how the Bengals uh, structure themselves Yeah, from a personnel standpoint. Well, if you've been... 
listening to this series, we're, I don't know, we're seven, eight teams into this um, whenever they don't make the playoffs, kind of talking about everything. And we, we get to the point in this conversation where we talk about levers that teams can pull to create cap space. And the Bengals aren't a levers team, right? They don't really trade. They don't really restructure. They don't do these types of things. They, they kind of uh, structure things differently than, than other teams do. And what's fascinating about them as we get into these off-season decisions is they've got a, a daunting list of expiring contracts, but they have plenty of cap space. This is a team with $70 million in cap space, sixth most in the entire NFL. So there are some levers that they can pull. They don't really need to, and they probably won't because that's just not how they operate. But you take that $70 million in cap space and you look at this list of expiring contracts, and there's more than what I'll highlight, but you've got some heavy hitters. DJ Reader, 29 years old. Stud defensive tackle. T. Higgins, wide receiver, 24 years old. Tyler Boyd, big part of your passing game, 29 years old. And, and Jonah Williams, the right tackle, 26 years old, on top of Cheeto Awuzie at 28 years old. So you've got their, some. Their entire tight end room as well. The, well, one of them's a restricted free agent, I think, is at uh, Hudson, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to. You got Irv Smith and Drew Sample as expiring. Right. Contract. In addition to some depth players like Josh Tupo And Mitchell Wilcox. Mitchell Wilcox, Max Sharping, a lot of your depth players. So. This is what this is what I would say, man. It's funny because I feel like every team thinks they're going to sign T. Higgins this offseason. Why, why shouldn't it be the Cincinnati Bengals? Why, why the Cincinnati Bengals of these players right here? They should bring back who they want to. There should be no restrictions. Like they bring back Reader, Higgins, and Boyd. You shouldn't have to think twice about that if you want to. And you know, you know why Cincinnati's able to do it this way? Because why they don't it? waste cap space. Never, no dead cap space. You, you want to you want to talk about dead cap space? This team has uh, one player with more than forty thousand dollars in dead cap. Yeah, for twenty twenty four, and that's Lyle Collins. So guys who are under contract, you expect are probably going to stay under contract. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that Cincinnati can bring back anybody that they want. They do have to be mindful of the Jamar Chase extension, which is probably going to be a thirty million dollar year contract plus. Yeah. They just did the Joe Burrow one. Um, I do think that I don't feel gr- of the guys that you mentioned. I don't feel great about letting Chidobi walk, just because I think you're really thin at corner. Otherwise, um, T Higgins is part of the identity of your football team. I think that is a player that you should bring back. Now, if a team wants to, if a team wants to pay, if T Higgins doesn't sign until the open market hits. And a team wants to pay him $30 million a year. I think that's a difficult conversation for Cincinnati to have for themselves. So now you're talking two $30 million a year wide receivers. Jamar is definitely going to get, gonna get paid more than T. Higgins. You could also tag him, right? Like you're not restricted at all by this cap space. Right. Like if you want T. Higgins, which I would, if I'm, if I'm the Bengals and I've seen the success that Joe Burrow's had throwing the ball to these guys, I want it back. Not Franchise like T. Higgins going to Carolina. $21.66 million for 2024. It's about a third of their space. They can do it. No problem. No questions asked. But it is a sizable, obviously, chunk of money for a fully guaranteed one-year salary. That's your worst-case scenario to me with T. Higgins, is he's back on the contract uh, under the franchise tag. But I'm not I'm not bringing Joe Burrow back next year with a, without Boyd and Higgins and probably at least one new starter on the O-line, some changes at tight end. You know, I, I see what this offense can be. And I would want that to be preserved. So 
for as much it feels like T Higgins, every team's going to sign T Higgins this offseason. Well, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, he's not going anywhere. He's valuable uh, to them. What do you, what are you doing with Joe Mixon? Well, I, th- I think Joe, what's so interesting about Joe Mixon is I, I think his production has been a little bit modest the last couple of years, but he's also been the guy, right? Like he he's, there's nobody that's really eaten into his workload this year, whether it's Chris Henry, that's not going to happen, folks. Uh, we're waiting for Chris Henry to be a thing. It ain't going to be a thing. Uh, Chase Brown, got few opportunities this year. felt like Samaje P. Ryan was somebody who took some away from him, but he's still a, kind of a bell cow for them. Uh, I would be thinking about the plan, his expiring contract next year. So I think they're going to have him next year, but I'd, I'd want to get a good look at Chase Brown and see if you know that's my next option. I'd probably want to start thinking about you know that that tandem uh, of Brown and whoever beyond next year with Joe Mixon. So I, I'd anticipate them to make a at least a mid round pick at a running back. Uh, their interior defensive line Reader and Tupo expiring yeah. contracts. Uh, what are your thoughts on Reader? Just as a player who yeah. – uh, he's a stud. There's yeah. no question asked. But now he has a, a season-ending injury. Um, it's not a small amount of coin for a 30-year-old player. And you do have B.J. Hill, who who I think can do some of the same things for you inside. I think what's challenging is you, you wish you could have seen more out of Zach Carter the last couple of years. Uh, was he a third-round pick? I, I, I think he's been very much below average. And so you'd love to say, oh, well, we have Hill and uh, Carter and we're good there. But like some of that depth, whether it's Osai or Sample, like it's flashy, but I'm not sure they've gotten the answers they're looking for there. Miles Murphy kind of heated up a little bit towards the end of, of the season here. But, you know, DJ Readers, when he's available, I mean, he's he's one of those dudes at defense at, at nose tackle, right? Like the Dexter Lawrence, the DJ Reader, just monsters that are tough to handle. Um, and I, I think he's got the type of skill set that will age quite well. It's just a, a matter of, of how confident you are in the, in the durability component, right? Javon Hargrave, another one of those monster nose tackles. I think he's in that bucket. And the team, when he's on the field, man, is different, right? Like even last year, there were, he was gone for stretches. They're just a different team. So I recognize the impact, but I certainly recognize the challenges that come with that decision. Yeah, it's, it's just an interesting name because I feel like that, has the opportunity to be if that's where they let walk and replace, which they often do with the draft. There's some names that I think make sense in the draft where they could get younger, but then also that's a, uh, he was, he was owed 11 and change in cash this year for Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So if, if they're looking to not tip the scales too high with reinvesting and bringing guys back, that is a name that I think could be a meaningful free agent on the market that Cincinnati could very easily justify a transition away from just because of the injury, his age, and the cost with some of the other contracts that they have. Let me ask you about Boyd, 29 years old. What What's your appetite there? Is this a modest re-sign? I, I'm not sure there's big money for Boyd out there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think in the grand scheme of NFL wide receivers, you could do so much worse, and he's been such a productive player at times. I don't know how like what's your offer like are you talking Juju Smith Schuster money when he signed in was it New England this year or yeah uh that might be on the high end of it I think a lot about that Robert Woods contract that he signed with Houston as maybe a 
And what was the average per on that one? A little more than you thought it was going to be. Let's see if I can look it up. <laughs> and that that's for me with Cincinnati. It's like, I don't know, like, are you – he's not depth, but he's your third receiver. And if you're going to pay top dollar for your third receiver or, like, your middle class of your roster, I think that does strain your ability to retain your stars long-term with how Cincinnati conducts business. Two years, $15 million is what he okay. signed with. In that, that's about what I would be willing to go with yeah. with Tyler. I think Juju was like three years, 25. It might have been actually less AAV. Um, so they have decisions. Jamar Chase is a fifth-year option. That's real easy. Uh, yes. Uh, and then as far as extensions, they might want to look at Evan McPherson, who's been a stud kicker as well. Yep. Uh, you got one of those, you just keep them, right? Like, don't be messing around with kickers, man. Don't make it harder than it's got to be. No, no, he's been so good for you. He's young. Just That's your kicker, and, and forget about it for the next decade. So um, I think that's kind of kind of their big decisions. Um, and uh, honestly, as we segue into the Levy Grail component where we get very positive, that should be a nice start of the conversation of $70 million in cap space. You got some contracts that are up, but you can really – do what you need to. So we'll talk about that more here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with us. But the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. You get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I love the app. It's easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, you can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So the Bengals will fight on. Yes. Fight on, my men. For I'm hurt, but I'm not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while. I will rise and fight again. The Levy Grail It's where we put our optimistic hats on give Bengals fans all the reasons why they should be optimistic. Of course, that was the poem read by Mard Levy to his Buffalo Bills team after one of their losses in the Super Bowl is the rallying cry. Well, let's rally the troops here as Bengals fans and talk about why, in spite of an 8-8, eight and eight, which is going to be either an 8-9, and nine, a 9-8, and eight, or an 8-8-1, eight, eight and, and I certainly hope that's not the case because who would hate a tie this late in the season? regardless of what your expectations are. Uh, a middle-of-the-road season for Cincinnati, which if I were to talk about everything that went wrong, to say you still managed to win at least eight games, mm -hmm. you did okay, right? Like, And there were some bounces of the ball along the way that went your way. We alluded to that three-game win streak where you had the two overtime victories, but then there were also bounces of the ball that went against you as well in some close games. And um, uh, I think if you're able to stabilize your back end and your secondary and you're able to get Joe Burrow back and heaven forbid he goes through a, a full offseason without some kind of incident that costs him all of training camp, yeah, I, I think you can, can feel better about your ability to not start slow and be a competitive team uh, from the jump and, and get right back on the horse again next year. Yeah, and – I think this team's going to retain their coaching staff, right? Like, I don't know that Lou Anarumo or Brian Callahan are hot button 
head coaching options right now. And so you you retain that with, I, I think, deserving a lot of credit for, like you mentioned, uh, keeping it afloat, kind of dealing with early season adversity. Obviously, they've had a lot of success with Joe Burrow healthy, but I think to be able to win games like they did uh, absent of Joe Burrow and even with Joe Burrow not being anywhere near what he's normally like, I think it says a lot for the coaching staff. And keeping that intact is going to matter in addition to a lot of this core being locked up. Uh, we we kind of talked about the expiring contracts, and there's some certainly some players on there, but I'm also impressed with how many guys are are signed right and, and locked sure. in and i think they they have a, a several i mean i know joe burrow will tell you that the super bowl window remains open as long as he's there and i would agree with that but especially helpful when so many of the key pieces that you feel good about are locked in as this team is sitting here with 70 million dollars in cap space and so i think that continuity and getting healthy and being able to lean on this coaching staff that showed you a lot this year i think is uh plenty of reason to be optimistic this is probably going to be our easiest conversation yet in terms of why you should be hopeful yeah I, because i think there's extenuating circumstances that helped contribute to how you got here yeah. uh this is a team that also has you know they you mentioned they, they don't really trade um they have all their organic draft picks they have their first second third fourth fifth they are projected to have a fifth comp they have a sixth a seventh and then another projected seventh comp so they have some significant draft capital um in a class that has some players at spots where I'd expect top end talent to be available to them where they're picking in some of these spots. I think corner maybe is the one spot where if they do let Chidobe walk, you may have to go outside of, of the draft realm to feel really good. I know obviously they have DJ Turner who was added in the draft this past year. I don't know how many eggs I'm putting in that basket. Um, you'll probably get a swing at a quality corner at 16 if you wanted one, but you could also draft a tackle. If you want to replace Jonah Williams, mm-hmm. um, you could be in the conversation with probably your early two uh, to draft an interior defensive lineman like a Tavondre Sweat out of Texas if you wanted to replace uh, DJ Reader. So I think there's a lot of logical fits, and I think the range of where some of that draft talent is available is going to align with where Cincinnati's picking. Yeah, picking the likely in the top half of both the you know the first few rounds and that's that's going to position themselves to get some talent and you know they've this could be interesting because they could be drafting a little bit more for immediate need this year right and um that could work out just based on kind of the 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 talent distribution uh with this football team so it's not a hard sell man you got joe burrow an elite nfl quarterback with cap space a lot returning your coaching staff, you got draft capital, like you got good players already on your team. I, I, I think that the Bengals are probably happy to get through this year and get get to next year with the talent that they anticipate having. And I'm sure, you know, we'll be picking the 2024 season. And a lot of us, are, I, I would I would assume we'd all have Cincinnati as a playoff team, right? Like that's the type of team that I expect them to be. Uh, when it's all said and done, unless they just completely flop this offseason, which based on their resources and what's returning, I don't really anticipate being the case. I am floating around producing this thing for just a second. Very interesting. So I need you to fill bus. So I kind of went with like worst case scenario or best case scenario with the draft uh, with like results from this week. 
if Cincinnati were to lose and a bunch of these teams that are in the same ballpark as them were to win games, kind of in the eight and eight, seven and nine area, uh, they could end up getting probably looks like 13 is kind of the ceiling for where they could mm-hmm. pick. And for a team that's as, as good as we think Cincinnati is in a lot of ways and has postseason aspirations and expectations on an annual basis right now, um, that's something where if you were to take a silver lining out of if you lost to Cleveland, which Cleveland's kind of locked in, who knows how much they're really going to go for it uh, this upcoming weekend. If you lose to that team, you could, and they're currently scheduled to pick like 16, 17. Uh, you could end up getting up into the early teens with that draft pick as well. So more coming to a talented football team that's bringing back a lot. It'd be all right. Pretty easy sell, like yeah. you said. Yeah. That is going to do it for us here on Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time. See you.